0: Boom! Hey everybody, this is Dr. Trites, and great health is not to be a mission impossible. And uh, I know if I've been a little bit between sessions on this one, and it was because we had 13 people in our house for way too long, and four of those were under the age of three, so the screeching, the yelling, the screaming, uh, the fits were not conducive to uh, making any type of podcast or really getting anything done. It was a zoo, and um, the zoo has recovered. And uh, next to me is my best friend in the whole wide world. Her name is Danny. She's my five-year-old German shorthair pointer, and she just had her fifth birthday, and I think she's on her sixth nap today. She's had a pretty busy week, um, playing with children, and she's very good with kids, but, uh, then when they poke her in the eye and pull her tail, she doesn't like it too much, and then apparently she's a bad dog for doing that. Um, she and I do not agree. So, generally, we, we hang out alone and, and do work in my office, and, uh, she listens to these podcasts with great enthusiasm, anyway. Uh, I recently had a series of non complaints uh, in the office, which has been great. Non complaints, not that we get complaints, non complaints uh, is another name for compliments. Uh, why does somebody send somebody to the office? And, um, and the, the reasons why or and, and how this happened was we, we had an influx of, of new patients. Great, um, we can. For the most part, I can add more time and accommodate what needs to happen, and up to a point. And we have a new doctor that's coming on. I'm so glad for that. Um, uh, save me from uh, this body of mine falling apart. So I have to do uh, so much, but there's some tasks that uh, anybody new can take off my plate and let me just do these things. Um, this is what I want: research, ex- education, uh, explanation, and get there. So th- the compliments that came through was, you know. Um, several reasons it wasn't just me it was it was about the staff hey how does the staff handle you from front to to back what are we doing are they getting things out to you or is it explained to you um and everybody can be better at that so we will continue to strive and and work on that so we'll keep working on system on systems um and again this is a, a work in progress but i think we're done pretty well when people are saying hey you know I've been to dozens of doctor's offices and they don't call me back or email me back or explain things to me or send my receipts or give me a list of instructions of what to do next. Um, That's a a great testament to our staff and what we do. And and they're actually, you know, that that makes me proud that, that, you know, really, as things come in or people get frustrated, um, what can we do better? And so that's what we sit down and talk about in our staff meetings is what can we do better? You know, six people in the last month have said, hey, um, I expected to have my lab tomorrow when we tell them two or three times that it's going to be a week or two. And so what can we do to address that? Okay, we'll just follow up in an email and say, okay, uh, Dr. Trice has everything or other doctor has everything and uh, this lab will be out by this time next week. And so it's expected as opposed to, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in any office and you may not remember every single word and that's totally normal. But what was said about me was something. It's um, just something somebody had. I, I never even, even thought of myself or or what it is. So the the biggest one that came across is that he cares and he listens. Okay, great. Well, I think a lot of doctors care. I, I do. Um, and I think a lot of doctors listen, especially in the alternative medicine world. And don't get me wrong, I, if, if we're going to look at human physiology, medical doctor versus alternative medicine, medical world kicks the living crap if you put all, everybody together, line them up, because that's what they focus in, and it, and, and and we should. <laughs> there should be a focus there. Um, so do they care? Yeah. Do they want to get people better? Yeah. Uh, will they speak up against the establishment? Probably not. Um who cares more? Well, there's a lot more feeling that goes into the alternative medicine world, um, sometimes hugs, um, you know, uh, maybe there's some uh, free-flowing clothes or, or different clothes as opposed to a white coat and a tie or a, a dress that's, you know, past the knees with a short heel. I mean, the, the things that you're supposed to wear when you're in a hospital or clinical setting versus... Uh, somebody's private practice, they may even be in, you know, Birkenstocks for what, with, with black socks. That so it was always the doctor I saw growing up, even though he's a medical doctor. And it just killed me even as a 10 year old kid going, Are you for real? Um, so if you're wearing that out there, uh, you can do whatever you want. I'm just not going to do it. But the compliments that we've had were, uh, well, he, Dr. Trice cares, Dr. Trice listens. And then the big one was, he makes a tailored plan for you. That's when people started calling. Because, you know, a lot of people do care. A lot of people do listen. But if you listen, do you have the tools to apply it? If you do care, can you accept or and, and hear what they're saying in their history and care enough to go, okay, how do I put this together to make this better for you? Because that's really what they're coming in with. I mean, in our notes that we're taught, it's called complaints. Um, chief complaint complaint. <laughs> I mean, people come in with concerns. Um, they might complain about their spouse. They might complain about their job. They might complain about the traffic or the weather or whatnot, but that has nothing to do with us. Um, what their concern is, what they're there is to benefit their health. So those are very good compliments, and I was um, so happy to hear about that. And then, I, I you know, you kind of got a question. Well, how, how am I qualified to really help anybody and, and I'm not? uh i went to chiropractic school what does that make me really nothing especially in the state of texas i'm not a real doctor honestly that's the legal definition we're just a doctor of chiropractic and nothing else you are not a physician even though like 40 other states say you are but not in texas so i'm, I'm not qualified here um you got thousands of hours of acupuncture thousands of hours of of nutrition thousands of hours of, of research and what i've learned in all this is it's not enough it, it's not enough so i, I i'm not qualified to do what I need to do, but I'm more qualified than most people, (laughs) if if that makes any sense. So the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And so you're like, dang, I got to put all this stuff together. Now somebody comes in and I got to listen to their story and where do they have. And we ask questions about like literally from when they're born to when they came in the office. And then we know, dial it down into really when when did things start going bad and see if there's a trigger. Because sometimes, I mean, people get sick as a kid. And that's a big trigger. And that was there. And it just wasn't addressed. Or a doctor says they'll grow out of food sensitivities or food allergies. No, you won't. Um, It's still inflammatory and it's still there. Happens all the time. Um, And so, you know, if you hear my voice on here and it just like soothes you for whatever reason, and you're looking for like a tall, good looking, gentle talking, smart doctor with a great personality, these are not descriptions of me. (laughs) This is the, I'm, I'm like completely opposite of that. I, I started in a community college, not because I couldn't go to a bigger school, uh, community college at offered, I didn't have to pay any tuition and I could have all the shoes I want. And they paid for my food. These are big things at a bigger school. They were just going to give me some shoestrings and I had to go figure out the shoes and I could still go run there. Uh, that was part of it. But you know, as, as things went along, uh, a bigger school, uh, more education, I'm a solid 89.5 GPA because I can't get behind things that don't matter. So, um, you know, if we're doing math, trigonometry makes sense. Calculus would make a lot of sense if I was going into NASA and starting to do with, um, you know, engineering of, of rockets. It didn't talk to me. And please, if anybody can email me and say, you know what, I used algebra as an adult. I want to know. I want to know. So in and, and things like that, and, and that included any class, if we're talking about, you know, I can name the joints or the ligaments or whatever and the function that goes with it um, as far as anatomy and physiology. But some of the things that would come along, it's like, you know, well, one person in the world had this. So, <laughs> you know, what are we going to see on it every single day? Uh, those are the things that needs to focus on. So, you know, what does a typical professor want to ask you the question about to see if you studied and followed everything and that they said was that 1% of things you'll never, ever, 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 ever see. Um, and so, yeah, that's my 89.5. didn't need to have the 4.0 GPA because I don't think it matters. And most of the doctors that came out of any of the classes I had, whether it's uh, clinical laboratory science at KU Med or the Valutorian or um, colleges that I went to or a chiropractic school, I mean, none of those people are in practice. <laughs> they're, they're out. So being super smart um, can be a benefit, but you have to be able to articulate what goes on in, in, in our office What's the most important thing that we need to deal with? So if somebody comes in with 85 different symptoms or diagnosis, what's the one we have to deal with? And, and often it's it's blood sugar that because blood sugar and inflammation um, are in every single clinical disease. All 5,000 diseases have some sort of, of um, something in there uh, that's, that's affecting that. So um, let's get into this one. I just want to talk about a few things. I'm just going to bring up this and that. Uh, And then I'm going to introduce my next series that's going to come along here. So um, let's start with the 10 foods you've been lied to um, as far as food goes. So we want to be able to do this and that. So how did you get to the point that you had 10 foods that were lied to? Well, you know... um, Follow the science is, is just a, a talking point that I could be talking about for a long time. And what is what is science? And we've talked about it in reports. It's observation and repeat. Can you do it? Can you see this? Uh, what's going along with it? So follow the science. Um, okay. But in 1980s, um, there's a wonderful book that was called The Yeast Connection. And in The Yeast Connection, it was this doctor was going through quite a few things in there that was related to not only of food, but what medications were are doing and uh, in getting into this or that. Okay. He was pretty much ostracized for all that. In the 1990s, we could not have uh, any type of fat in our food. We had all these fat-free foods because fat was going to kill you. Um, and if you spoke against the fat-free craze, even though they were putting a whole bunch of sugar in it, um, you were ostracized. In 2000, Uh, Doctors against aspartame and MSG and other food additives that were poisoning uh, the United States, um, they were ostracized. In 2010, doctors start talking about opioids, the opioid epidemic, uh, the overuse of antibiotics and other drugs, the overuse or off-label things for children, especially if they have anxiety and depression. There was no research that was along with these uh, antidepressants or anti-anxiety and um, there was a a big insult to the health. Now, move it to today. You know, less than 5% of doctors will get up and stand up against the establishment. We have nurses, doctors, well, your healthcare teachers, your, um, it, it could be, you know, high school teachers too. They'll talk about nutrition, but what do they know? Where do they get their information from? But one of the things that um, these educators have really been touting, and I'm just giving you an idea of of what's gone out there, is hey, red meat causes cancer. Really, um, beef is a very nutrition dense food. You can eat it. Uh, don't be afraid of red meat. Now, there's a quality control issue with red meat. Where did it go? How did it? What did it eat? Was it grass-fed, grass-finished? Was it full of antibiotics? Was it full of corn, soy, whatever that was fed? But um, red meat is very beneficial, especially to the immune system. It helps make antibodies. What else? Low fat means healthy. So we just kind of talked about that. Fat is um, a good thing. So when you remove it, the food actually doesn't taste as good as it did before. And what do you have to do to compensate it? They add sugar. Well, this is very similar to gluten-free foods. In order to make gluten-free, um, foods taste worth a damn, you have to add sugar to it, so, uh, we had to go out for lunch today, and we had a, a pretty healthy restaurant, but, uh, I was just looking on their side menu, and they had hamburgers, okay, they had hamburger buns, and they're trying to make them out of potato flour, but you can't really do potato flour, stuff to mix it with wheat, so it's like, okay, uh, and they have their calories right next to 110 calories for the potato flour, okay, okay, for a two, two more dollars, you can have a gluten-free bun, all right, fine, let's, and I'm just curious, well, well, the calories in the gluten-free bun are 300 calories, and without a doubt, I, I don't know the ingredients in there, but without a doubt, they had to have sugar to make that thing taste good. So, does you know lower fat or um, gluten-free really mean healthy? No, typically they add a ton of sugar, which is a big deal. They have to add sugar to compensate for lack of flavor. So, eat the full fat. I'm not saying you eat the full gluten, but but fat-free is one of them. So, cholesterol if we're talking about fat cholesterol causes heart disease well cholesterol is in every single cell of your body it's the majority of your brain it's essential for vitamin and here's a big one hormone production every single hormone is like part protein part fat so if you don't eat fat we got a problem and so dietary cholesterol has not been found to show any heart disease or cause it guess what does what we've been told to eat, sugar and insulin. So as your sugar comes up, your insulin is to come. Insulin's inflammatory. There's your beginning of heart disease. So if you have excessive fat. So I'll just talk b- briefly about like low fat or somebody's like, well, I need to eat a high fat diet. I'm going to go in keto. And so what they get is, you know, they start eating these high fat meals and then they have a sugar based something out of it, whether it's ice cream or a pop or something else. Because of that sugar spike, the insulin comes up. You can actually oxidize your LDL, which oxid- uh, it's called your bad, bad cholesterol. And that's what can add to other cascades and inflammatory markers in the blood. And then you get what's called C-rectoprotein, homocysteine, LDL-ox. And then we get fibro- fibrinogen activity. And that's when you start to get cardiovascular disease. Was it the fat that did it? The answer is no. Was it the cholesterol that did it? The answer is no. The answer was sugar did it. It was sugar that did it. So it's not cholesterol that causes heart disease. It's not low fat that means you're going to be healthy uh, or that fat's bad for you. It's this sugar thing. Um, And then while we're talking about sugar, sugar sugar-free is supposed to be better for you. Really? Most of them are full of artificial sweeteners that are worse than sugar. They actually end up raising your blood sugar. So this is where it gets when we have a diabetic coming in there on insulin. And they're like, well, I have all these sugar-free foods. And then we start eliminating them. And lo and behold... Their insulin starts to stabilize because they're like, okay, I ate this and it went up and it did this and I can't stabilize it. And is it this insulin? Is it that insulin? It's, it's a lot of times it's the artificial sweeteners. They go into the liver. The liver has to do 30% of your blood sugar and it just screws everything up, the, what's called glycogen uh, phases. So diet soda is one of the most commonly uh, consumed food among diabetics. Even though it has no sugar, it promotes insulin production. So, what if you're a type 2 diabetic drinking it? You're still going to throw out insulin. So, we, we, we want to stay away from them. All right. So salt is bad for you. Well, it depends on the salt. Iodized salt is not going to be necessarily good for anybody who has the most number one autoimmune condition in the world called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. But there is good salt, Celtic or Celtic sea salt, Himalayan sea salt. Uh, There's not a whole lot of evidence for it. Now, if you have very high blood pressure, one of the best things to bring it down is don't have salt it's called a dash diet it works very very good it's very efficient but salt is critical for your health and eating healthy salt i have never seen clinically and i really don't even see the research that goes along with it doesn't raise your blood pressure but what will raise your blood sugar, pressure is insulin so if you're eating plenty of sugar guess what's going to happen to your blood sugar it's going to be off so when somebody gets diagnosed with diabetes typically their blood pressure starts to go up too there's a reason for that. Uh, so we want to use those high-quality sea salts, and it'll, it'll help take care of that. All right. Eating vegetarian is healthier, or worse, vegan. Um, so you can get all your essential fats and proteins from a purely plant-based diet. So vegans vegetarians come in, vegans and vegetarians, they come in and often they are... Um, very deficient in many vitamins and and if we can we we try to get them to eat meat we really do um that that's a that's a big deal i'm going to circle back to this in in just a minute so a lot of people do come to our office and they they're like well i don't want to eat fat because it makes you fat because fat has more calories than carbohydrates or protein and it's true it does but it's very essential to your body. If, if you want to waste some time, watch a show called Alone. They go out in the the woods, and whether they're very good at hunting or gathering or whatnot, they all the ones that fail, other than you know they slip and fall or hurt themselves or don't cook something uh, and they get sick. The ones that fail they get no fat. They have no fat. They can't get it from fish, or worse, they have to get it through other ways from an animal that they they get. If they don't get enough fat, they fail. They lose their mind. They can't focus. They can't think. So fat doesn't make you fat. There are good fats and there are unhealthy fats, but every single cell of your body is made of fat. We can't make hormones without it. So to avoid them is to avoid health. Well, Doc, I drank eight glasses of water today and that shouldn't be enough for today. For Who? did you work out what if i work out on a, a peloton for 45 minutes and i'm at like we call it zone four and i am just rip roaring around um and i can weigh myself before i get on there and i'll weigh myself after i get on there and i have two 20 ounce things of water as i'm going through that and then another one after and i have still lost weight so we're talking 60 ounces okay great um what about when I got up in the morning? What about mid afternoon? What about um, mid morning? So, eight glasses of water doesn't, it's not based off of anything. Hydration is important and what activity level uh, or, or where you live. Maybe you live in the, the deep south and it's, you know, 90% humidity. You're going to need a lot more. Um, but you also need electrolytes. This is where good salts come in. So, when you become thirsty, it's too late. You've already gone past the. <laughs> Your thirst it means you're you're, you're dehydrated, so on to it. So we try to get water immediately upon waking up in the morning because we just had a fast. And then um, between meals, I like to, and then I sip it. In my office, I have uh, purified water that we go to, and I generally get a drink of it between people. Not to um, do that, but as, as I'm working, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm busy, and you know I might even perspire a little bit. I have to have something to replenish it. And so as people start to drink things, well, I don't like the taste of water. I'm going to drink juice. Well, juice is really pure sugar. And we just talked about sugar issues in the the world. Um, And often fruit juices contain more sugar than actual soda or pop or cola, whichever part of the country you're from. Um, And because it's like squeezed versus ground ground up, you don't get any of the fiber in there. And when you don't have any fiber, it, it just... It makes it even worse. So the sugar gets rapidly digested. spikes your blood sugar and brings up your insulin. And it it does some bad things to you. Um, While it has some vitamins in it, I'm not going to deny that it does, you know, when they have green drinks or whatever. It's just best to skip it, especially if you have dysglycemia issues. Too high or too low blood sugar. It's not going to be beneficial to you. Um, And then gluten-free foods are totally better than everything else. uh, No, they're not. (laughs) Most of them are just full of crap. Uh, Most of them have more sugar than anything else. Um, Gluten-free foods often are highly processed, and they're even more unhealthy than just eating the the dadgum wheat itself. So we advise people to stay away, not to mention a lot of things are cross-reactant, meaning that they cause more and more inflammation to your body as you eat them. So that's no fun. So uh, a couple other things that come along. So there's the top 10, but is eating salt the cause of hypertension or high blood pressure? No. Is eating fat the cause of obedi- obesity? Nope. Uh, sugar. Both of these cases. Uh, most main causes for both of these is actually insulin that raises up from too much sugar. You know, the vegan diet. So people that eat vegan. Most of the time they're eating like potatoes and starches and, and those kind of things. They're, that's not good. So a lot of vegans are very unhealthy people. And a lot of vegans aren't as thin as they think they should be because they're eating so many carbs, getting the insulin spike, getting inflammation, destroying their gut uh, and going with it. So in in response to it, to try to get their protein, you know, the world has come up with these impossible meats, which is, you know, plant-based or um, uh, vegan-based. But the amount of effort that went into it, the amount of chemicals that go into it to make... You know, these things taste better. The amount of environment destruction, uh, you know, make it an impossible burger. If you really look into the details of it, the amount of, I mean, to grow like tofu or soy or anything like that, you have to kill everything in that field. Which is, you know, if, if the vegans and vegetarians really knew about the inhumane, the voles and everything that have to die. In a field to grow those things, I, I don't. I'm not sure they'd be eating that much of them. Is it's 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 so harmful to the to that that environment, uh, which means if you killed all the small animals that everything else bigger above preys on, you're killing a lot of big animals too. So um, it it is a big deal. It's just understanding what the the real science that goes into making these particular things. Now it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, that there will be a class action lawsuit based on plant protein and how harmful it is. And we're not talking like plant protein is in like pistachios okay we're talking about these impossible things these these man-made laboratory um, foods and how harmful it is to the human body and how much it really hurts the environment and and why not it's it's bound to happen why not because the first covid vaccine mandate would just awarded 10 million dollars for not allowing people to keep their job because they wanted religious exemption for the vaccine now This came in light after this uh, July 22nd of 2022 New England Journal of Medicine posted an article showing that evidence that the unvaccinated COVID patients were less contagious than the vaxxed or boosted. Yuck. So uh, that's going to be another issue. Um, Dr. Peter McCauley, who's been one of the um, few doctors that have spoke up against this saying. Uh, with COVID and the vaccine, his last publication that came out of the Epoch Times was of the incidents and the increases that they're seeing in the emergency rooms uh, around the world, blood clots and myocarditis and injuries and disabilities and deaths, is that upwards of 100 million people will die from the vaccine alone. Uh, And and if if you got one, you got to do what's best for you. Um, But in, in our office, we knew that this was a rushed vaccine. It had no liability, had no thing, nothing to go on it, and I'm not. There are certain things I like about our government, and I definitely love our country, but there are certain things that made me pucker, and there are certain things that made me say, "I don't think this is in our our nation's or world's best interest." It just didn't have that that feeling, that gut feeling that I went with it. Uh, that went with it and when it was rushed and it was given all the 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 ability essentially this vaccine had diplomatic immunity meaning that nothing can harm uh it, it can harm you kill you whatever and there's nothing you can do about it there's nothing that happens to the to the doctors and nothing that happens to the, to the vaccine makers now we, we vaccinate our kids um i, I believe in vaccinations uh, but this one this one we met as a family we had um you know We've got medical doctors in our family we got um pharmacists nurses uh, we got weird people like me and we said we discussed we discussed this for months what what we're gonna do uh what's the research you know uh are we all gonna lose our jobs are we gonna be able to travel are we gonna be able to do this what what is this And, and we discussed this for months as a family and the conclusion was this this particular vaccine wasn't for us and we're listening and reading and, you know, hey, bring this research and what if we don't do this and what about this vaccine or what about that one and what does it affect this? And, and we kind of came to the conclusion when we were visiting our doctors and, um, you know, I still have to go to, to doctors or even when I had to go to Mayo, they were like, will you take the, the COVID vaccine? I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But here's my my terms that you'll take full responsibility for any and all uh, vaccine-related injuries for this untested, non research treatment in the future. And nobody gave me a vaccine. Cause they wouldn't take it well why wouldn't you take it on you're, you're being told that this is safe and it's okay and i'm going to be and i won't ever catch this thing if you're telling me that with conviction with conviction then i want to take this i have no side effects and i never get COVID or anything that's related to it and you come up with the next one i'll buy into it but i didn't see any research that showed that in fact i showed the opposite and so you know in, in our office clinically I had to advise my patients to do what's best for them because I'm not you. You might have to go see a grandparent. You might have to, you know, this is your only source of income and they're going to lay off if, if you don't. But we saw so many, so many reactions or lost babies. Um, from going there and you know uh, there's a lot of hormone imbalances that are coming off of this we're, we're seeing a lot of increases in cardiovascular inflammation we're, we're trying to get in, in front of it um, so if you've done it okay fine. what are we going to do about it moving forward and how do you need to be doctored and not undoctored not just blown off for the rest of your life and saying okay everything's fine it, it needs to be something that gets monitored if you have it that's fine don't look at it. I got vaccinated, COVID vaccinated, and um, my life's over. That's not it. I got COVID vaccinated, and I'm going to ignore it. That's not it. I got COVID vaccinated, and I'm just going to monitor everything to make sure that nothing shows up. So if it does, I can be on top of it. That that's the that's the whole thing that came from this, and that was the whole thing that came from the first you know few. Let's say the first eighteen months. Hey, we're finding These people are getting really, really sick, if not dying. They had underlying diseases and conditions that nobody knew about because they didn't go to the doctor and get tested. Well, that that should be the, the high thing there. So even following the science, increase of cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, um, autoimmunity, meaning it attacks yourself, blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, heart disease, all increased. Nothing's going down. Um, this isn't COVID related. We haven't even gotten to mental health when you, you take away the ability for people to be together, to socialize, to, um, uh, to hold up another person. To be there at their time of need, to be there at a wedding, to be there at a funeral, to be there when they're alone, when they need somebody. It's awful what's happened to this. And there aren't enough doctors that are standing up. And, and the reason is that 75% of all medical doctors are employees in large corporate entities. And unfortunately, they'll lose their job, but they speak out. And this is a real serious problem. I, I don't have the answer to fix it. I'm just bringing it to your attention. And this is why. I mean, the people that are coming to my office, the patients that are coming to my office, they, they really have, unfortunately, lost faith in the medical system. I mean, uh, whether it's uh, they got worse or uh, they were just said, ah, you don't have a problem, so get out of here. And then we find a problem clinically that we can actually quantify, like in blood tests or a CT or an MRI. that That's a problem. And what are they supposed to do? Sue that doctor and go, well, he didn't die. So it's it's a waste of time to go there. So that's, that's what's happening. And I believe this is becoming a serious issue. And even before COVID, medical mistakes, um, there were medical mistakes, neglect, and they were easier to admit, deny, or worse even cover up when you're in a, a group. Your colleagues may not like you as a medical doctor and they think you're crazy, but they're generally not willing to go to bat for a patient and put their career in line and their income and their family and everything that they went for in their life. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's harder and harder for doctors to speak up when they need to because they have so much in the line. But they, as a whole, if you're listening, <laughs> it's harder for your patients to buy it if you don't speak up for yourself, and if you don't speak out against things that aren't right in the world. And when you see something like, for instance, there was a, we had to go to the post office the other day to to get some things, and there was a um, clearly a a veteran, Vietnam veteran, when I mean, he had all the 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 activities on. Uh, Looked like he had a complete hip, if not knee replacement, and he was really struggling to get uh, out the door. So I told my boys, I said, you need to hold that door, and you're going to hold that door, and you're going to ask him if he needs any help. And Okay. Uh, The oldest one got it, and the the youngest one came in, and he goes, "Um, are we really supposed to help people when they don't ask for it? (laughs) And I go, "Uh, he didn't have to ask for it. He's earned it. It's a, it's a it's a different mentality. You, you saw the problem, and it wasn't going to take much time, just a little bit of time, and, and you can help them. And, and that's the approach that, that I, I want myself to continue to take. I want my, my children to take, and I, I want our country to take. You see a problem, and you need somebody to help it. And instead, we just sit back and watch. Sit back and watch. I know that that person got hosed by that doctor there. or They, did, they operated on the wrong leg, but I'm not going to speak up. Um, it happens. So doctoring and what I've seen over the past 20 years has become undoctored. You're no longer getting doctored. And if a doctor isn't speaking up, then they become the sheep. And then you have the sheep lighting leading the sheep at times because people come in wanting answers and you don't have the answers to provide because you won't utilize your tools. It's a, it's a lot of wasted money and education and I, I, we can do more. So the doctors who stood up against the establishment that were, um, you know, let's use some ivermectin or hydrochlor- hydrochloroquine. They've been announced. They've been fired. They're vermin. Uh, they should be kicked out of, of, of wearing it. So back to those foods we've been lied to. The, the science for those foods is, is really a joke. Who's running the research? So if you go look at the research, it will take you like five minutes to find out who owns all the food. It's like 10 companies that we get fed in the United States. It's not much. And then of those 10 companies, who funds nutrient research? Who funds RDA? It's them. So is there any conflict of interest that goes along there? Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. So if you've committed to drinking clean water or you drink GMO food, or grass-fed, free-range chicken But you made some other choices along the way, whether you just drink over all all the weekend or you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day or, you know, you still wear a mask today when you got vaccinated like four times. There's some missing components and I want you to, to recommit to your health. Because you're doing things that are good. You are. But can you do better? We all can. We all can. And in each week I have a reassessment. What did I do this week? Did I screw anything up? Of course I did. Um, <laughs> just in case you didn't know, Dr. Trex isn't perfect. So of course I did. But recommitment. Okay, what can I do better? So in my workouts, my food, everything, how we buy, when are we are gonna do? When are we gonna travel? When are we gonna take a break? I, I'm getting that linear on, on what I do and then watching my heart rate and what am I doing, okay. I have this plan of what I want to work out and what I feel like, what I want it to to be. But there are road there are bumps along the road. Okay. I rolled my ankle. Okay. Um, now, the dog was sick last night. Okay. Uh, we had 13 people in our house. Uh, okay. How do, we, how do we monitor this? Oh, um, you know, um, my kid's car broke down and we had to go deal with that. Or there was a flight that got delayed yesterday and I spent um, almost five hours on the phone. Which put me behind on so many things. Well, how do you get back to it? It's it's a recommitment. Okay, we did this, we did this. These things good. That sucked. I had to do that. Okay, uh, we're back on we're back on track. And and if you ever regret doing something or you are forced to do something, um, I'm, I'm encouraging you to get checked out to make sure you don't have an issue. And you do your best not to make the same mistake again. Should something come up. Now, uh, in our practice, we notice that a lot of our patients have relied on large phunomantic manufacturers just as much. Uh, as anything else, and, and to providing that information, what's good for you, what's not? I mean, turn on the TV. What do you see? Commercials, drugs, junk food, repeat, wash and repeat. You're told they're all good for you. So, what most people have come to the conclusion that you know, the food that's out there, the large food manufacturers, and I'll call you out like Pepsi, uh, PepsiCo, uh, Nabisco, um, Coca-Cola, they're just as bad as big pharma. They're just as bad as tobacco. Why aren't doctors and dietitians leading this moment? These movement to say, hey, we gotta stop doing this. It understand that the more that we continue to do this, I mean, not only is the this COVID thing gonna absolutely destroy our economy, it's gonna add to healthcare because of the side effect of this vaccine that got pushed. Not to mention it's gonna add to our healthcare costs because of the mandates and staying away from people and wearing masks and kids not educating themselves and being behind and the mental Issues that go along with it, and they, you know, kids' development, or then people not being able to be with other people, or being out to socialize. Okay, that's going to have a huge cost on health care, especially in the mental and emotional side. And then there's the other things. Um, some people figured out that they could work out at home, and it worked out great. But a lot of people just sat around and did nothing. Well, what did that do to increases of cancer, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, blood pressure? It went up. So it's going to cost money. So what we learned from all this is going to cost a lot of money. So if these these, these doctors, dietitians, ignore this. It's, it's just going to cost more money. And, and so you have to do it yourself. And if the world continues to learn um, this way, we're going we're gonna to need a lot of help. And so what I'm going to suggest is figure out how to do it yourself. And that's why I wrote a book called Treat Yourself. And in, not in this book, but there's another book I want to introduce you to. The, word, the world continues to progress at the way it, that we've seen over the past three or four years. You're going to, learn to need to learn how to get your own food. So you're going to need to learn how to farm, or better yet, meet a farmer, or better yet, live on a farm. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think food's going to become the next commodity, meaning that's going to be our currency, because, you know, if you have the food, who gives a crap about money? Um, I need something else. You now, the best book I ever read for growing your own food was something called Square Foot Gardening. This guy grew food in all kinds of world and in, in third world countries, it's great. Um, and we've used that with great success, and it, it works very, very good, and it, it costs so little. You can grow um, food for your, yourself and your family um, in like four-by-four four, uh, spaces, so a fantastic book so that you can go do that. And hey, by the way, you know when you're growing your own food, uh, you don't have to worry about it. assuming that it's organic seeds and it's not GMO. You don't have to worry about the cost of food. You got your own food. So then you can focus, let's say you're growing your own um, vegetables, right? And you can't have chickens or something like that because you live in the city, but you can grow your own vegetables. Fantastic. Even if you live in an apartment, you can grow your own vegetables. And if you can do that, what is it going to save you? A lot, a lot of money. But you also know where it came from, which means it's going to save you in your health cost. And then you can roll that money because meat's going to go up too. You can roll that money into clean meats. Instead of going, okay, well, you know, this this one over here is $4 a pound. This one over here is $8 a pound. But it's so much healthier. Now you have the money to do that. So this is what I, I, I want you to do. Go, go buy square foot gardening. Learn how to do it. it it's fantastic. What I'm going to start next is a series in brain health. Uh, with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, brain fog, memory connections, um, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity. Uh, now, there are risk factors that come along with it and we have to understand what those are. What is your family history? Um, do you take any what's called anticholinergic meds? Where is your level of education? Do you smoke? Do you drink alcohol? Have you had head injuries? We're going to go through this probably be a four to six part series uh, of, of what I've, I've written out to, to go through and the reason that I started with how to handle your blood sugar first and autoimmunity is that a lot of these are triggers that lead to dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. So I will conclude it with this today. I hope that you learn something along this, especially foods that uh, can affect you. And if you like it, like it. If you share it, share it. If you want to learn more about our office, go to our website at choosenewleaf.com. I'm Dr. Trites. Great health does not have to be a mission impossible.
1: This podcast, Great Health Does Not Have to Be a Mission Impossible provides you information about evidence-based strategies for Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, digestion, autoimmune disease, brain health issues, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode, Nutrition, Dr. Trite's blog, and many other topics at ChooseNewLeaf.com. There you'll have all the information, and thank you for listening to this podcast. The best thing to do is sign up for his newsletter, where he'll update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions. You can find Dr. Trite's social media on Instagram and Facebook with the username New Leaf Health. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. Note no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.